Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Wrestling With Tomorrow, the podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike Kinney here. Happy holidays, everybody. It's uh, the, the season is upon us. It's really hard to believe for me. The year just flew by. I had a career change over the year. My book got published. I started a podcast. Um, not only did the book get published, but I eh, became a best-selling author in the process, you know, but uh, that's thanks to many of you out there for buying the book. I'll talk about the book in just a little bit, but really um, happy holidays. I really hope that you're able to uh, to spend some time with family this year. Um, look over those kids' wish lists. Uh, listen, I, I looked over my kids' wish lists. They've been using their own lists on Amazon. And so at one point I had to cap it. I actually had to log out of Amazon on our computer because my kids would go in there and then they would see number one, what did mom and dad order? And number two, things that are disappearing from their wish list that they knew were there. So I was having a, a bit of difficulty. So I said, here's your cutoff date. After that, you can't add to it anymore. Uh, you can't log in to see it. None of that stuff. And to be fair, my kids are uh, past the um, the Santa Claus age. So if if you're just hearing for the first time that Santa Claus isn't actually someone who comes down the chimney at your home. I apologize for that. But what it really means is Santa Claus is Christmas spirit and it's in everyone's heart every single year. So there you go. My, my two cents on Santa Claus. What are we doing? A podcast, right? Let's circle back to that. So kids, <laughs> kids, kids wish list. Um, it, I had to manage it a little bit differently this year just because Again, they're little, you know, Sherlock Holmes trying to figure out what it is that they got for Christmas. And I had to put a kibosh to that. This will be my final podcast episode of 2022. Now, next year, 2023, we're certainly going to do more. Um, I'm going to change the format just a little bit. I know that we've been talking about um, how to prepare for tomorrow because typically the world doesn't prepare us for what the world is going to bring us tomorrow. So navigating change. And there are still going to be some elements of that, but it's what it's done so far is it's limited limited me on the guests that I could have. So I have a lot of former coworkers and friends and acquaintances I've made over my lifetime that would make really great podcast guests. And they all have their own unique stories. And I want to flush out what the theme is of their lives that have made them um, successful or things that they've missed out on. And just, it's a perspective element, really. Uh, these people are fascinating to me and I want to get their stories recorded and I want you to be able to learn from them along the way. So that's, that's the direction shift we're taking. You're going to see a little bit of that in today's episode as well. Um, I'm going to get into who my guest is very shortly here. But before I do, um, I do want to talk about my book for just a minute. So my book, as you know, uh, went got published in August this year, became a bestseller on Amazon. And uh, again, if you are someone who has purchased my book along the way, thank you so very much for doing that. Um, I last weekend, so I'm domiciled out of the Twin Cities, right outside of uh, right outside of the Twin Cities. I'm in almost a, a suburb, um, and so I made the conscious effort to try to get my book into bookstores. So I was the boots on ground version of that. Nobody did that for me. I put in the work, reached out to a number of, you know, for more intensive purposes, mom, pa, 
um, bookstores throughout the Twin Cities. Every one of them um, either turned me down or didn't respond to me at all. And there was one bookstore who took a chance on me, and they are called Next Chapter Booksellers in St. Paul proper. If you get a chance, if you're in the Twin Cities, go over there and pick my book up because the only way they're going to order more copies is as if you go in there and buy up what they have. When I went in there a week ago, they had two more copies left on the shelf. So uh, I want to talk about that experience for a minute. I went in there to see my book on the shelf in an actual bookstore. I, I had to do that. I had to see <laughs> I had to see what that felt like. I didn't know what to expect. And so I walked in there with my wife and looked around the store and found the self-help section. And that's where my book was. And it was really just kind of this surreal experience where there it is. It's my book is out there for anybody to just go purchase right off the shelf. So that was a lot of fun and I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad it's, it's making an impact on some people. Um, I'm getting some decent feedback about it. If you've read it and you haven't already, please go on to Amazon and give me a, a review, preferably a five-star review, which would be great. But um, I reviews would just really, really be appreciated, especially if you've ordered it through Amazon. All right. Well, again, final pod episode of 2022. I mean, we are winding down for the new year, folks, and I'm really excited for what 2023 is going to bring. But before we talk about my excitement for 2023, I want to introduce you to my next interview guest. Now, we're going to go into a little bit of depth in terms of how Jake and I met. Jake Johnson is, is the guest that you will meet. Jake is an up-and-coming entrepreneur, for, for lack of a better term. And um, He's in his, uh, you know, mid to late twenties. Uh, the sky is the limit in his eyes. So I wanted to get that perspective as well on this podcast, and uh, and certainly I think that we accomplished that. So without further ado, here is my final podcast guest of 2022, Jake Johnson. So. Jake, I appreciate you being with me on my podcast. As you know, I'm, I'm going down this journey with several different people who have who've made some kind of impact on my life. And I, I think that there's a lot of stories out there um, for, from, you know, quote, normal people that need to be shared because a lot of times in media, it's an issue around, I'm not a famous person. I'm not a, you know, wh whatever it is, it, having some kind of ranking importance in life, so to speak, means that, that you're not you're not worthwhile. And I think that's totally bogus. And there are many, many talented and successful people out there that probably don't give themselves enough credit. So I'm really trying to harness those tools around from, from people that I, I know that can share their stories and continue to turn everyone else up that's listening to this. So I appreciate you joining me today. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. So you and I have known each other for, um, a number of years. And I think what would be most appropriate before we get, get into your backstory is I want you to share how we really know each other. Yeah. So it all started when I was at UWO Claire. I was really involved in the sales team in Pi Sigma Epsilon, which was a marketing and sales management organization. And with that, we would have companies come in and I remember it was sophomore year. We had uh, Mike come in for UPS, and 
That was the first time I met him. He was the first person from UPS that I met, uh, which which is cool considering that's where I work now. And then we just stayed in touch because uh, he kept coming back to Eau Claire. It was he must have loved uh, Dooley's cheese curds or or something. Well. All us Eau Claire students, so he, he came back a couple times. And um, what really helped grow our partnership or our relationship is we were trying to get UPS as a partner at PSC and Mike was very instrumental in, in helping us bridge that gap. Cause he saw the value in it. He saw the value in it. And um, when we sold to, to Tom Nolte, Mike was kind of the one coaching me along the way. Cause it was something he wanted to make happen, but wanted to make sure that, Hey, we're, that we're taking it seriously and can provide that value up front. So he was feeding me some tips and the rest is history. Yeah, I coached you, so to speak. So what was really happening at the time was, is you're, and you're rattling off names that not everybody knows, by the way. So um, to make everything very, very clear, at the time when I was working for UPS, I was one of the training, I was the training supervisor. So part of my job was going around and trying to find um, new talent to bring on board at UPS. And I loved doing that. And I'd gone to several colleges to try to find um, some students who were above board. They were going to be looking for jobs at the end of graduation. And then I stumbled upon University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, where you guys had a really successful um, sales and marketing co-ed fraternity, and which is very interesting because you guys have the sales team, which is separate from that specific fraternity. But what I was finding was uh, in that first meeting that I had gone to was this Im this massive amount of, of talented students who were ready to graduate that had this really... Um, fantastic skill set I hadn't seen before. And I was so excited to go back and share it with UPS leadership to let them know I've, I've found the honeypot here. Like we need to go and, and partner with these, with these students. And so I brought some of the leaders from UPS over to the school. So at the time I was working out of Minneapolis in the school, I don't know what, how far, how far away is Eau Claire? Less than two hours, right? Yeah. I mean, for Minneapolis, I'd say it's an hour and a half. Okay. So the leadership and I would make the trip over. Uh, sometimes leadership would go without me, but they were doing some lunch and learns. They were doing some scouting, so to speak. And then we started to get involved with actually judging some of your sales competitions that your school was doing. And so if you look at it from a sports aspect, we were really talent scouts scouting you all in a game time situation, which was amazing to us. And we started recruiting from your school immediately. And we had a 100% success rate at the time. Um, to this day, the, the job I'm at now, I have a UW-Eau Claire student, graduate, young lady working for me in my marketing department. Um, she's amazing. And so the success rate from that school continues to, to trudge forward. And I was just thrilled because at the time you were graduating kind of in the middle of a school year, right? You were graduating at the end of the first semester. Uh, yeah, I did four and a half years at school. So even if we were to back up a little bit more, when you got brought into UPS, you really came in that previous summer as a marketing intern, right? Yep. So for you, that's your, that's really your last summer before graduation and your first taste of, uh, of the corporate world. Tell me a little bit more about how you dealt with the change from going from student to professional, literally overnight in that specific environment. Definitely. 
I, I did have two other prior internships at Northwestern Mutual and Graybar, but what was interesting about UPS was coming into the internship, I had a, a very good understanding that this is probably going to be the place that I'm going to be working at full time. And that, that change, it was interesting because as a student, you kind of feel like you're the top dog when you're doing all the sales stuff. And, you know, you're, you know, I've, I placed top three in a few different sales competitions. I was coaching people throughout sales competitions. And you were, were you the president of the, of the chapter, the Pi Sigma Epsilon chapter at the time? Yeah. My final year. Yep. I was. So going into that internship, I was, so yeah, I was the president of PSC as well. So you go from being like the, the top dog on campus, big man on campus to you're the intern for a fortune 50 company and you're not the top dog. You, you think you have it all figured out, but there's a lot of stuff that I still had to learn. And part of that transition is figuring out how to be a business professional in the actual business professional space every day, not just showing up uh, for a sales competition or networking. Cause that's easy. Anyone can just show up, uh, and do really well for an event or a competition, but to show up every day, that was the thing that really kind of took me off. And especially my first year coming out of school, you're so used to having, you know, three years off in the summer, another month off in the winter. So yeah, that's eight months or eight months of working and four months off. So I remember that was probably one of the biggest transitions coming out of school. It's like, wait, this is, this is every day. Like there's, there's no summer break or winter break. I got to show up every day. Um, and that's where that consistency and persistence comes in. So I remember when you came in at the time I had just transitioned from being one of the sales trainers over to the marketing department. Um, really as a, um, I was a pricing analyst for, for all intents and purposes here. So, but I was I was like on loan from the sales department to the marketing department for a short term. And so when you came in, I was asked to do a favor for the sales team. And you were really going to be um, falling. I mean, you were a marketing intern with ties to sales. And there were going to be several of us that were overseeing your on like your training for the summer. Mm-hmm. So I, re- I remember you coming in initially. And, you know, doing that the first couple of days is always hard because you're sitting in a conference room, you're learning about product and processes. And um, so for you, those first couple of days, I remember specifically you falling asleep in the training. And it wasn't with me. It was with someone that you shouldn't have fallen asleep with. Do you remember this? Yeah, I, um, I try to block it out, but I can't deny it. Yeah, I. I wouldn't say I fell asleep. I was just resting my eyes. Ah, right? uh, sure. So I remember the person that you were with. Uh, she had come out of the conference room, and she was she was all upset because you had fallen asleep. And it was like, okay, the you know the me and a couple of the other guys that were in the room, uh, we all kind of looked at each other and, and laughed a little bit because we thought we knew we knew what the foundation was that you had in terms of being able to be a really top-notch salesperson we also knew that we were going to have to constantly you know have our foots 
our feet up your butt so that you'd keep moving and doing the right things at all times. So I remember a very specific day, Jake, that you walked in not too long after that. You come walking in the marketing room and that particular day I was supposed to take you to downtown Minneapolis to visit several customers so that you would get a feel for the the job that you would be going into. So again, I was on loan to marketing from sales with the idea I was going back to sales. So it made sense that I was going to be the guy that took you. And you came walking in. Now in, in the UPS environment or in sales in general, I'm I'm in, I'm I personally am incredibly old school. So I always want to look nice, want to make sure that my shoes are polished, that I have a belt on, that I have my hair done well, what hair I have left. You came walking in. It was you that had the belt issue too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, oh yeah, this is, this is the good stuff. So here comes Jake, right? Ready for the world. Your hair. Now, the only thing I, I want to liken it to, if you've ever seen back to the future, doc Brown's hair, this big mess upon their head. That is what I saw on your head. When you came walking in the door, you had no belt on. (laughs) <laughs> and your shoes i think that was a different that was a different time, was a different time? yeah okay. was the shoes the same day or was that the day that i had to get on my hands and knees and polish your shoes for you that might have i can't remember but i, <laughs> I forgot about that piece too wow yeah Thanks so i realize how much i've grown in the last couple of years. yeah well, I, I hope so because it and i'll get to it in a few minutes the the other stuff but again so let's just say these are three separate instances. We had to order Jacob Belt on Amazon so he would have one. I, I, Like I said, at one point, I had to get down on my hands and knees and polish his shoes for him so he understood that was the thing. But the hair thing, I will never forget that because I was laughing so hard. I was mad to your face, but as soon as you walked out, the, we all started rolling in the office. So Jake Kim's walking in. And here's here's the really crazy part is you thought your hair looked good. And as soon as you walked in, I said, I am absolutely not taking you out downtown today unless you comb your hair first. And you looked so hurt because, and I felt a little bit bad, but I also needed you to comb your hair. And I said, do you have a brush with you? Yeah, I've got one in my car. So you go get your brush, you come back, you go comb your hair according to how you think that I want it combed, which I appreciate. And as soon as you, as soon as you walked out of the room, like I said, we were, we were just rolling on the ground laughing so hard. And uh, you came back in and, and we went downtown and, you know, we visited the customers and everything was great. But um, so that was, that was just your internship. All right. You hadn't even been hired yet. So you, you wrap up your internship, you go back to school. When you're going back to school that fall, what's going through your mind at this time after the experience that you just had over the summer with us? Yeah, I guess one of the first things that day that I showed up with the crazy hair uh, I always do my hair like this way, but I just got a haircut. And I'm like, you know what? I've always got my hair this way. Let's try to mix it up. Let's go this way. And I chose the perfect time to do it right before my first uh, sales meeting with UPS. So I, I did walk in with a little pep in my step. I'm like, it's a new me. I got my hair is all different. I think it looks good. And then I remember you, you're like, you're not going out like that. And at first, I thought you were I'm like, Haha, ha, funny, funny. And then, like, I could tell, like, you were serious. And, and then I even, I, I could kind of tell you were serious, but I wasn't positive. And I remember going, like, wait, are you, are you, sh- like, are you actually being real with me? Like, yes. Please, do you have a comb? Da, 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 da. 
I remember going out to my car, grabbing him, like, oh, this is so dumb. Like, my hair looks fine, da 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 But I guess uh, after that internship experience, definitely learned. Let's just stick to what works. Let's just keep going. <laughs> um, but also, through that experience, I had a lot of – I think I had a lot of ups in that internship and a lot of downs. And I remember throughout that time, uh, I, I asked – Tom Nolte, the director of sales, hey, I, I feel like I'm ready to be an account executive. What can I do in this internship to prove, uh, or what can I do now to prove that I'd be a good account executive? And he said, the best way to prove if you're ready for the next position is to be excellent in your current position. So going back to school, I kind of went with that in mind because that last semester was a little tough. A lot of my friends had just left. Um, and I, ha- I knew UPS was probably in the horizon, but as you know, you don't fully get the offer until like a month or two uh, before you graduate. So it kind of went with this mindset like, hey, I'm ready for this account executive role. But in order to prove that, I have to be excellent in my current position. And what's my current position? It's, it's being a student. It's uh, being the president of PSC and being part of the sales team and I was also working at B-dubs too. So I was like, what can I, I just got to be the best in this current position while I'm waiting for when I know it's coming ahead. Yeah. And truth be told, we knew when you left to, to go back to school that fall, we knew that you were going to come in because you'd really straightened out, honestly, from the beginning of that internship to the end, you'd really turn things around. And it wasn't that I needed you to do things my way. I needed you to do things to manage perception of what the customers were going to see. So that was one lesson that we were all trying to teach every intern that we had was that it's fine to think that you're doing things one way, but managing the perception of others is really, really tough. And so could we have been a little bit easier on you? Probably, but sometimes tough love is the best love. And to be honest with you, it it turned out great. So you go back to school that fall. We all knew that you were coming back and we were actually kind of banking on it that you were going to start with us in January. Um, so talk to me, you graduate now, and then you get the offer from UPS to come, right? Yep. So when you came on, you're going to have to refresh my memory. When you came back to UPS, had I had ar- already been promoted to manager, right? Yep. So when, when I came back, I started January 6th, and first I had sales training. But after that, you're my first sales manager. And it was a little weird you probably need that refresher because you were my sales manager. And then they switched to, I was on KJ Swigert's team. So a different sales manager. And then they put me back on your, on your team. So, yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. But I do remember the initial. So again, if we're going to talk about overcoming obstacles and navigating change. So now you're having to make the change again, you go back to college, you're coming back to a corporate environment, which you did have a little experience with at that time. And now the guy who told you to go comb your hair, you're going to work for him. Mm -hmm. So I was excited to have you come on the team because I knew, I knew how great you were going to be. And I wanted to be able to be there and watch you and help you do that. But again, I knew it was going to be an issue of tough love. Now there were many instances in the beginning, in the very beginning where I had to have you call me every morning when I was your manager to make sure that you were out of bed. Do you remember that? 
Yeah, because I think there's one there's one time where I'm like, you know what? I'll back it up. <laughs> that whole semester between uh, summer and when I started, my first class wasn't till I think three o'clock or eleven o'clock, and then I'd work at B Dubs, but that wasn't till eleven. So I got uh, real used to that routine of you know sleeping in because it's it's like oh it's my last semester. You know, all the stuff I need to do is later in the day anyway. Let's sleep in. So that took a while to get back into it. And honestly, I'm still working on it. Like, I want to be that guy who gets up at 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm not quite there yet. I'm definitely further along than I was a couple of years ago. But I remember um, what probably started that was we had to set up a meeting with um, one of our director of sales. And knowing that this is, hey, this is something I got to get better at. I'm going to set a meeting at 8 a.m. to basically force me to get up before then. And of course, I missed it, which stinks because it was with, you know, your boss at the time. And that's when that's when you really kind of had to get on my butt about not only getting up on time, but also like doing the the DCEs every day. Um, And that's where that that discipline really started to kick into play for me. And that's when I really started to make that transition from being a student to being a full-time business professional. Yeah, it put me in a tough spot because I knew that I had to protect you in some ways because you were new. And I knew that, I mean, you and I had had a history and I wanted you to succeed. Um, The tough spot it put me in is that the person I was working for, and I wrote about it in my book, uh, she was a tyrant. She didn't um, she wasn't great at her job. She would step on people's faces just for the sake of doing it. And so at the time she was, um, she was really hard to work for and she was just a cruel, cruel woman. And so what was happening was, is because you weren't showing up, she was removing my, my skull and my spine at once. And then using as a toothpick to, for her, you know, her vegan lunches. So, I had a hard time working for her as everybody else did, but that's that situation really put me in a tough spot uh, because of the kind of person she is. I, and I have no doubt she hasn't changed. She's probably still a, a really horrible human. So, um, but anyway, this isn't about her. This is about you. So as you continue to move forward, now I'll be honest, you I, I do remember as you're as you're explaining it to me, you did go and um, transition over to another sales team. And at the time I was pretty disappointed because um, I've been working with you quite a bit. I wanted to continue to see you succeed and uh, it broke my heart a little bit to have you moved on to somebody else. So when you came back to my team, I was thrilled and um, but it was great to have you go for a little while to get a new perspective from a new manager. And I think that really did help you because you had, you had even made some more changes along the, during that time. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes you just need a little change of scenery and that can make the world of a difference in terms of perspective Um, different insights and I mean continue to grow and get better yeah so eventually I ended up leaving the organization and you had to navigate change yet again so at the time that I left now you're going on to your fourth manager so and since I left I mean how many managers have you have you worked for at this point you've been with UPS how long I started in January of of 2020 okay so that, that alone, that's a lot of change. I'm starting my career right when the world's shutting down. 
Um, I even remember like the first team meeting we had, I was all excited to visit some customers. I had some in-person meetings set up and we had a team meeting. I'm at a coffee shop and everyone's like, Jake, what are you doing? Don't you know, like you should be uh, buying some toilet paper right now or something. Cause that's what everyone else is doing. But since that time um, I've, I had you as a manager, then KJ as a manager and back to you. And then I've uh, been with, Jason Briggs and I've been with him ever since, but um, yeah. now I'm even transitioning to a new territory too as well. So uh, that was a lot of change. Just, I remember it felt like every six months I was getting a new manager. Um, it's been nice to kind of have the same one over the last year and a half now, but it, it was a difficult, a little difficult at first because you want to get into that rhythm and routine and it's tough to do that one you constantly have to be changing on a dime all well trying to navigate what it, what is it like to be a business professional versus just being a student? Cause I was a student my whole life. And those first, I mean, that first year is like my first taste of being in it every day. Yeah. That, that is a tough thing for any salesperson, but, but talk to me a little bit about what, what are some of the tools that, that you used your personal tools when you're navigating change, when you're looking forward, when you're anticipating change, what, what what is your mindset like? What are you going through? What what do you do to positively move through the change? Yeah, in order to positively move through change, you gotta have a positive mindset about the change. With anything, there's pros and cons to it. And with change, it can be tough. Like, would I rather deal with the devil I know or deal with the devil I don't know? Well, when you're dealing with the devil you don't know and making that change can be easy to focus on the negatives or the stuff that you miss about where you were. And you just have to embrace what, what the new change is. So perfect example, going from student to a business professional, being a, a college student's awesome. You get to, you're within walking distance of like all your friends. You, uh, you really can be flexible with your schedule if you miss a class, it's not the end of the world. Um, you know, it's a lot more flexible and it can be fun, but you make, like I was struggling. I barely had money um, in college. So making that transition, yeah, did I miss being able to see all my friends like every day and be able to walk with, like just walk to their place? Yeah. Do I, do I miss like the, uh, just being on campus, all that stuff. Absolutely. But when I was making that change, it was all right. Well, there's definitely some things I missed about that past life, but in this current life, there's or the future. There's things to look forward to. I want to be actually making money now. I'll, uh, I'll get to live in the twin cities. I mean, you just got to really focus on the positives because it can be really easy to focus on the negatives. So during any kind of change uh, that you're going through, do you think that it's important to also think about, well, first of all, come up with goals, right? And then think about those as you move beyond um, beyond the day-to-day. -day. I mean, what you have to be working towards something. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think within that change, if you view it as an opportunity, that's when you can really start to make the most out of those opportunities. Um, 
yeah, when making that change, that's what I do. Like I start to set goals to get me excited about this, this new, um, you know, every year, even clean slate, I'll set, set new goals and, but then I'll stick to them. And I think that's, what's great about change. A lot of people are against it. Me personally, I really enjoy it. Um, I've learned you can grow a lot in change. I, I moved uh, the day after eighth grade, I moved from Green Bay, Wisconsin to St. Cloud. And that was interesting, making a, a transition in the middle of high school. And I'm going to cut you off real quick, just so the, the listeners understand. Um, you moved from Green Bay, Wisconsin to St. Cloud, Minnesota, which is a, I don't want to call it a suburb, but it's a city northwest of the Twin Cities. So it's a, it's a pretty far distance. Yeah, it was, a, it was five, five to six hours away. Um, granted, you know, I can still stay in touch with all my friends back in Green Bay, but it's not the same. So with that, it was definitely a tough period moving, but I'm so glad that I went through it because it taught me a lot of things along the way. Um, I was able to rely on my faith more and I felt like my social skills flourished because it can be easy to get comfortable growing around the same people your whole life. Well, now you get picked up and transplanted and tossed into a, another city five hours away, you have a whole new clean slate, um, which was a new opportunity for me to, in a way, kind of reinvent myself. Uh, and also a good opportunity to learn from those experiences and grow too. So where you're at in your career right now, are you, are you still setting goals? I mean, what, what kind of goals do you have for yourself right now that you're, you're chasing after? Yeah, Mike, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm huge into goals. That's why I started Act to the Future. That's what it's all about, setting goals today um, and working towards those goals today to live the future you want tomorrow. So I personally, I like to set goals in six different buckets. I've been doing this for the last four years now. Um, even before I was an intern at UPS, I've been setting goals in those five to six different areas. And I'll do like three goals a year. Um, in each bucket. Now that can be kind of overwhelming because that's 18 different goals throughout the year that I want to accomplish. Um, but it keeps me moving. It keeps me motivated. And then from there, I like to set quarterly goals as well. So one of the big goals I had this year was to run a half marathon. And I wanted to do it in an hour and 55 minutes. So I was able to do it in an hour and 47 minutes which was super awesome. And I could really dive deep in like what helped me do that. But that's just one example of a goal. Um, another goal of mine was continuing on with season two of Act to the Future, uh, which we just released the first episode of season two on Monday. And Just so we know, that's, that's your podcast, right? Yep, that's yep. my podcast. Uh, so that I have just goals around Act to the Future. How often am I posting? You know, I want to post... I think my goal is, no, I know my goal this year is to post 200 times um, throughout this whole year. So that's at least four times a week on our Instagram. Quick plug, at Act to the Future. But I could go on all day about the goals that I have. I mean, was there any area specifically you wanted me to touch on? I do think it's really important, but... Um. Uh, please, uh, you, you were talking about the marathon. So let's let's talk about what what kind of mindset you had to have when you're, when you're pursuing a goal to that degree. Talk to me about that a little bit. Definitely. So 
for me, um, I'll give a little background story of why I wanted to do the half marathon. Senior year, me and a couple of my friends, the we were it was like a Friday night or something. We were, we were sharing a few drinks, and the Eau Claire half marathon was coming up in like three or four months. We're like, how cool would it be if we all did that for our senior year? So we all signed this petition. We're all going to run the Eau Claire Half Marathon. Well, uh, I was working at B-Dub, so that's 20 to 25 hours a week just walking around serving people. On top of that, I didn't have money to even do a half marathon, let alone buy all the equipment for it. So lo and behold, I did not do it. I did not stick to my commitment. My other buddy, Justin, did not stick to his commitment, but Brett, my buddy Brett Gertz did. So then, shout out to Brett Gertz. What? Yep. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Brett Gertz. And then after that, uh, like a year or two later, Justin. Did it. I think it's Jake. I think it's hilarious that you're using government names here. I mean, they, <laughs> for the most part, nobody knows who you're talking about. So I love how you use like full government names in some of your stories. It's it's amazing. Well, maybe maybe someone will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but. Um, Soon after that, basically, my buddy Justin did it. And since Justin did it, I'm like, okay, well, if he can do it, I can definitely do it. Um, do you want to give out Justin's social security number while we're at it? I mean, no? Yeah, I don't have his credit card. <laughs> I keep All right. I promise to stop interrupting you. <laughs> so anyway, I was like, all right, I got to do it now. Um, so I set the goal. I wanted to give myself at least three to four months because I was going to be going on some trips in between. Um, I was going to go to a bachelor party, another week long trip, a wedding. So three months was, was not going to cut it. And I'm glad I did that because I also picked up, uh, started coaching AAU basketball. I was a head coach for AAU team. So that was a lot to navigate because I was working full time. I was doing act to the future still along with, coaching AAU basketball and training for the half marathon. So I had to be very intentional with my time. And one of the tricks that I did to keep me on pace with that is writing down those goals that, Hey, I got, I got to run X amount of miles this week um, and write that in my weekly planner every week. But among that, another tip that, that was super helpful for me is I set my password on my work laptop to Stillwater 13.1. And I, and I don't mind telling you guys this because it's not my password anymore. But <laughs> at the time, uh, it was Stillwater 13.1. So every time I, I logged into my work computer and anytime we had to go into any of our systems, it was a reminder, Stillwater 13.1. And that was super helpful for me because I overwhelmed myself by putting too much on my plate where I was starting to fall behind on my training. So with that, with that subconscious in my mind, still are 13.1. Every time you type it in, it's a constant reminder. Hey, you set this goal. You better be taking actions towards it. And then I remember that last month. That's when I really kicked it in a gear. The, whole, the week before, I ran the actual race so I could visualize what and knew what to expect coming to race day. Um, and then when the actual race went on, it was that was the the best run, the most fun run, but also probably one of the easiest ones too, which seems unorthodox because before that I never even ran 13 miles. I ran like 10 miles tops. But um, 
atmosphere race day is unbeatable and being able to visualize being the fact that I already did it and being able to visualize it really helped out as well. So hopefully that gives you guys a couple of tips and tricks when you're setting goals, you know, write it down, tell other people about it so they can keep you accountable, set those little subconscious tricks in your minds, whether it's writing it down on a whiteboard or making it your password. And then also visualization is also very important too. So I, I didn't just want to share a couple of goals, but I also wanted to give you guys um, a couple of tips and tricks that you guys can use. Yeah, that's great. I think that you touched on a couple that that even I use. Uh, so if I'm setting a goal that's a pretty serious goal that I know that is going to be lofty and going to take a serious amount of effort, I will start sharing that with people. And the reason is, is because my mantra is that I am always going to do what I say I'm going to do. And for example, when I got serious about writing my book, I started telling people because I've never been in a position where somebody's like, oh yeah, here's Mike, the big dreamer again, going to write a book. No, when I started telling people I was going to write a book, they were like, oh, that's awesome. And that's, I've set myself up like that over the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, because I just keep moving forward on things. But I only do that if I'm going to take it seriously, because there are other things I've wanted to do that I've never told anybody. And that's because I don't know how serious I am about it right now. So um, but that's really for the big ones, you know, and for the little ones, I think it's important. At one point, I was a big fan of using um, like a visual board, you know, think about back in, you know, elementary school, middle school, when you'd make collages out of magazines and things like that, that's a visual board. And I would literally do those kinds of things. When I first got my, um, my first big boy job out of college was as a salesman, just like you at UPS, um, I made a visual board and I put a house on there. I put a car, um, the, the things that I wanted for me and my family, um, and needed to have, I put those all on there and every single thing, if I were to look back, I remember what that visual board looked like. Every single thing that was on there, not only were they attainable, they're all things that I actually reached out and got over time, but that's because I held myself accountable. And, um, it, it was just a good reminder to have up in my home office at the time as to the, that was the why behind all of the hard work I was putting in, in my professional life. So many ways to, to skin a cat, as they say, but um, great tools to have in your back pocket for anybody who wants to hold themselves accountable and start setting serious goals for their lives. Yeah, definitely. And I've done that vision board too. I said as my wallpaper. So for like over a year, I had just this massive collage of all these things that were important to me. Remember, some of my friends look at it like, what is that? <laughs> but it's like, it's not for you, it's for me. And when you look at the, I mean, something like your phone, you're looking at that multiple times a day. So any like little subconscious seeds you can plant with yourself go a super long way. You're right. You're absolutely right. So as we're looking at it now, um, talk to me about the future. What does the future hold for Jake Johnson? That's a tough one uh, because there's a lot of plans that I have and uh, but also that I also have faith that, you know, so the, the phrase we plan, God laughs. I do think that that can be true in some way because uh, I do have big plans for my life, but also at the same time, those plans can constantly be fluid and changing based off what's going on. But as far as like how I envision my life we only have one life to live so you gotta kind of paint that picture i always like to think paint that picture the big picture 
where do I want to be in 10, 20, 30 years? And then from there, you can kind of zoom in on what can I do this year, this month, this week to act to the future and, and start building towards life that you want. So for me, I envision my 20s being the time where I really build these the sales skills as well as uh, skills doing the, the Act to the Future podcast. Moving over to my 30s, you know, at some point we'll probably get married, get a house, all that that great stuff that comes with the personal side. But professionally, I'd like to be a sales coach. Um, or even right now, I'm doing some goal coaching for some people. I would love to continue to do that and do that even more in my 30s. And who knows? I would the goal is to continue to stick with Act to the Future. So if if I stick to it in my 30s, hopefully eventually it could be my main source of income. So that's a goal, but also at the same time, who knows what, what a lot can happen in within a year. So it's it can be tough to really, really figure out, all right, what 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 is the next 10 years gonna look like? I think it's great to plan for that and strive for that, but also it's that balance of um, striving for it, but also not being stubborn or hard-headed with it either. You got to be flexible based off what's going on. But uh, moving forward, 40s, would love to be a business owner or C-level suite executive. And 50s, that's where I would hopefully retire. And uh, someday I would love to either help start a church or, um, yeah, that. That, that's what I envision my 50s to be towards is starting a church in some way. And I say the 50s because it gives me these 20, these 20 to 30 years to build these sales skills that everyday people kind of live in. So when I'm thinking of my end destination, um, I, at one point as a high schooler, I did want to be a pastor, but also I loved, you know, like business, sales. My dad told me something. He's like, you don't need to be a pastor in order to make an impact. People in the business world need someone like that every day. And that made me think too. Well, sometimes, and I'm not hating on any on any churches or pastors I've been to, but sometimes it can be tough to relate to someone. It's like, you've been in that seat for 20, 30, 40 years. How do you know what... Uh, the average nine to five person does or what, what life is like for them. So for me, that's kind of the vision. I want to live in that nine to five or not the nine to five, but live in the business world. That way, when I'm my, when I'm my, in my fifties, I feel like I could be more relatable because I can bring up stories that people can relate to opposed to just kind of speaking on this. this I don't, don't want to say pedestal because that's kind of negative, but. I think you understand what I'm getting at. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're trying to gain life experience to, to coach others later on in your life. So that's, that's essentially, I, I would encourage you specifically, Jake, to also look at maybe taking a couple of life coaching classes. I, I did that and I think it was beneficial for me for a number of reasons. Um, to get a fresh perspective, to really become a better listener, to do, you know, to really, study people differently is and that was important i wasn't necessarily thinking i was going to be a life coach but i wanted to have the experience of having gone through the training um just to kind of expand my toolbox just a little bit but i think that would also be something that would be good for you 
Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's ultimately when we talk about the future I want to live, I want to be helping. I want to coach others to help them reach their goals. I want to be uh, doing public speaking events at high schools, colleges, sports teams. And that's why I started the Acts of the Future now, because by building the skills now, it's just going to have a compounding interest in the future. True. Well, before we wrap up, where, so I've got listeners out there, viewers out there, where can they find you? Where are you at on the social medias? Great question, Mike. For Act to the Future, since we've been talking about it a lot, just go on Instagram at Act to the Future. Also on TikTok. If you want to follow my personal, you'll see that uh, it's the real Jake Johnson. Um, and it's spelled T-H-A, the, kind of like a old school 1990s hip hop, the real Jake Johnson. Um, otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn, Jake Johnson. Or you can uh, also follow acttothefuture.com. That's act2thefuture.com. I think that covers most of it. Uh, I guess the one last plug I'd make is Act to the Future podcast is on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts and anywhere you consume your audio content. But, and yours truly will be a guest on that upcoming podcast. So go over to Jake's podcast, certainly subscribe. And for my listeners and fans, at least listen to the episode that I do with him. Exactly. <laughs> at least do that. At least do that. Then you'll be hooked, but at least do That's that. That's right. Um, anything else you want to close with, Jake? Yeah, I guess just on the topic of change, I just want to remind everyone, you know, change is inevitable. I think one of the, the things I thought of between, I didn't mention this earlier, between my internship and going um, that last semester, I remember thinking the only thing that's never going to change is change. Change will always be a part of our lives. We're constantly always going to be having to adapt and grow from our current position. So embrace the change. Change is inevitable and change is the only thing that's going to con is going to be a constant in our lives. So you can dwell on it or you can make the most out of it. The choice is yours. I agree. I agree. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing some of your story with the, the listeners and viewers. And I wish you nothing but all of the successes that you deserve in the world, Jake. Really. Thank you. No, thank you, Mike. It was a pleasure. And uh, hopefully you guys can see I, I've grown a lot over the last couple of years, but I still like to have a lot of fun too. The hair is still a little messy. It's big. You got big hair for sure, but uh, at least you got hair. Mine's quickly vanishing. So, yeah, I got to hold on to it. Like, <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Mike. All right. Again, Jake, thank you very much for joining me on my podcast. Uh, I will be appearing on Jake's, um, I believe he said in January. So, I did an interview with Jake as well that, that you are um, definitely more than welcome to listen to. I would encourage you to do it. I try to tell different stories when I am um, doing podcast interviews. So 
a lot of the ones that you've seen me do recently, I'm really trying to, to spread, spread some diversity in there. So you're not hearing the same stuff over and over again. But uh, again, Jake, I really appreciate you. I was glad we, we were able to finally corral this. He and I worked on several dates to get him on here. And then it just, everything lined up and I, we recorded my episode for wrestling with tomorrow. And then it, in the same, in the same exact setting, we did uh, a recording for his episode uh, where I appear on his podcast. So that was a lot of fun. All right. I am on all of the social medias for the most part, I believe. Uh, there aren't very many that I'm not out there on. Uh, I'm, I'm reconsidering Twitter though. I don't have very many followers at one point I really did. And then uh, there was a, a tyrant of a, of a boss that I worked for um, a couple of companies ago who really like bullied me on uh, on Twitter. Oh, well, not on Twitter, but she bullied me about Twitter. And I got sick of hearing her nonsense. And so I, I got rid of Twitter because of her. And then when I re-implemented it, all of my, I don't know how many followers were, I had like, I don't know, a thousand followers or something. It all went by the wayside. They were all gone. I had to start over again. So I don't know. Twitter just hasn't been going the direction I thought it was going to. So I'm, but it's still out there. So again, Instagram, TikTok, um, I'm on YouTube. Just go find me on social medias at a wrestler's guide. And if you're looking for a speaker for your school or your next upcoming event, please reach out to me. Uh, my 2023 calendar is filling up, which is really exciting. I've got some really decent opportunities out there to be able to spread my message about self-confidence uh, in 2023. So I'm thrilled to be doing some, some traveling next year. And, um, uh, again, my, my plan for the podcast, we talked about it in, in the early part of this episode, but I'm going to shift gears just a little bit and be able to give you, um, lessons learned in people's stories, because we all have different stories and there are things that, that maybe they learned about their journey that they wish they could have told themselves before they got started down, down the road, whatever road they're on, if they could have given themselves advice early on, that's the piece I want to, I want to capture. And, um, I'm going to do six to 10 podcast episodes in 2023, six to 10 of them. I say six to 10 because I started a, a new job, which is going very, very well. I started it in September and it is consuming a really large amount of my time. And if you factor that in with some family time and a little traveling and doing all kinds of things, I just want to make sure that I'm setting reasonable expectations for my listeners so that they don't expect um, an episode to drop every month because I'm just not going to be able to do that. But six to 10 episodes is very realistic. And I feel like, you know, I want to make some changes to the format. So you'll see some of that. But over the overarching crux of what these episodes are really is not going to change. They're going to be episodes that are going to be able to help you navigate your life. And that's really the goal here. There's also another Gator t-shirt, Cowboy Gator McGraw t-shirt in the works. There's an artist out there named Blaze Jacobson who is working diligently on some new artwork. He's an art teacher in Southern Minnesota and his volunteered to begin creating a new a new gator t-shirt for me so i'm excited to see what he comes up with uh, he's a very talented artist he did this big huge uh gator mural of me um i guess that's redundant gator mural of me well you get it anyway he made this great big gator mural that he painted several years ago that i still have and it's beautiful um i never asked him to do that he just he made it and it's just one of those there's a lot of stuff like that that's kind of happened over my my tenure because of wrestling people want to gift you things and sometimes they're these great art pieces whether it's like a custom action figure or or whatever there's just a lot of stuff that people 
make from their heart and they want you to be the recipient of it. And it's always just, I'm always humbled by it because in the big scheme of things, like I'm not really anybody, <laughs> in my opinion, I'm not really anybody important. I'm just a dude who, who had, you know, lived a, a wild life as a pro wrestler and, and is sharing that story. Um, but my kids think I'm famous, so that's kind of cool. But uh, anyway, all right, everybody, thank you again for joining me on this journey. I I always appreciate anybody who's who's listened to the episodes, and especially this deep into an episode. If you've listened to the whole thing at this point, thank you for that. Um, and if you haven't subscribed already to the podcast, please do so wherever podcasts are found. Google, um, where else am I at? Google, Apple, Spotify all over the place go out there and just subscribe and all of the support is certainly appreciated if i don't talk to you anytime soon just know that i wish you all happy holidays and certainly a merry new year goodbye everybody thank you very much <laughs>